You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is Mike on the Mic on GGR Pirate Radio. Tonight's episode, what we're going to do is Marcus and I are both going to pitch our cases for why we feel the GM of choice that we both uh, pitch is the worst GM in, in DC sports uh, history. Um, Marcus has is going to eloquently pitch the case for why Ernie, Gun, uh, Ernie Grunfeld is garbage. Uh, my case will be... Uh, Everyone's favorite winning off the field GM, and that's uh, Bruce Allen of the of the Washington Football Team. <laughs> um, First up, Ernie Grunfeld. It's a Friday night. Wizards are on TV. How bad is it right now? Uh, they're down twelve. They're about to give up thirty in the first quarter. Who are they playing? Uh, Philly. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even sure. I, the, the crazy thing is, I'm not even sure if they'll break 20 <laughs> by the end of this quarter. Oh, that's bad. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, and right as I said that, Philly hit 30. Well, there with you go. still still a little over a minute and a half left. I was listening to uh, to local sports talk radio the other day, and, and they were saying that the Washington Wizards have like, of all sports teams, have like the fifth highest payroll in the world. Yep. And like that's frightening to me because this team is god awful. Like they're they're not good. And w- like, what are they paying for? Uh, mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that that's essentially it. Yeah. And kind of no way they the 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 sad part is like they don't really have a way out. Like I mean. And, and and they they could use turnover at all of their positions. Like if they wanted to get rid of Scott Brooks because he hasn't been particularly great, then I mean that's cool. But you still the rest the 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 remaining three years on this contract are are guaranteed. So you're going to be paying him I think 21 million to not coach. Yeah. If you were to if you were to get rid of him, I you mean, have Otto Porter who is you know max contract and he's. I mean, no one. I don't even think he's even a top ten player at his position. I just don't understand why he's a he's a max player. Like he's, I mean, he was okay, but he's not that good, is he? No, no. I mean, there was a legit. I mean, you know how it is. You know how it is when players get in the contract years. Like that's the year they decide to be like, hey, look, at, let me max out how good I can actually be. So like that year, if I remember correctly, that's the year I think he led the NBA or was set and he led the NBA for most of the year, but ended, I think, second in the NBA with a three point percentage. So like when you're when you're getting that from Otto, I mean, that, that sounds great. Problem was the, the, the two or three years before that. And since then, he hasn't been that guy. Yeah, it just it's. Normally, highest payroll translates to one of the best teams. Normally, yeah. Normally, yeah. And like they're just not even close. It's like, yeah. 
I mean, they're competitive sometimes, like, and they win a couple of games here and there, but, like, what's the problem? Like, I, I don't know enough about the Wizards or follow basketball enough to really know what their issue is that they're that they're this bad. Okay, well, it's a, it's a number it's a number of the it's a number of things, um, and I mean, if we start at the top, Ernie, er, Ernie is largely is is the biggest problem. I mean, think about it. Uh, the biggest running joke in football right now is that Marvin Lewis has, has been a coach for 16 years. Yeah. And the Bengals have not won. They haven't won the playoff game. They've been, they've had some good teams, but like they haven't put together a team that was like, that team's going places. And Ernie has been with the Wizards virtually the same amount of time. And it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Like they fielded some really good teams, some really talented teams. I mean, They've, uh, I mean, well, let me not overstate it because two years ago they, you know, they were within a game of going to the finals. So I, I'll give them credit for that. But yeah. even, even with that team, that team would be the team that I believe that year they like, they, they blew out the Warriors in one game and, yeah. and the Warriors with all their starters. And they, if I if I remember, they blew out Cleveland in in the revenge game, and that was also the same year they had that epic uh, back and forth uh, with Cle with uh, with Cleveland that Cleveland ended up winning. But they so they they would do stuff like that, like they would they would they would blow out these really high caliber teams playing at full strength, but then they would then get blown out by Atlanta, who doesn't have a player that you can name. Or they would get blown out by the Kings, who also don't have a player that you can name, and the Kings who have who have been even worse worse than the Wizards, which is impressive. But hmm. they've managed to be worse, and and they've and they, and they get blown out by these teams, and it's like, it's really it's, it's inconsistency, you know, it's 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 the way they play. Like you have two really good players. You have two really good players in Wheel in, in, in Wall and Beal who are capable of winning you fifty games. But under Ernie, this team is this team hasn't even won fifty games. There's got there has to be something that needs to change because they've changed coaches with the same results. They've changed yeah. players with essentially the same results. The GM has to go because nothing, yeah. nothing is changing, and I don't know what, like maybe Ernie has some sort of dirt on Ted Leonsis, and that's why he keeps I, him around because <laughs> this he should have been gone years ago. Yes. Now, now, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's funny that you mentioned players. So a few years ago, uh, the Wizards, uh, when Wall and Beal were still growing into their own, they had pr a pretty good a pretty good team they had a pretty good roster yeah. they still had they had trevor ariza who was a great defender and also offered some three-point support uh nene was still pretty decent and gortat was 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 still pretty decent this was before you know the nba had this transition from you know two point to where now everyone's chucking up threes what ha what ernie let happen was you know lebron had gone lebron goes back to cleveland you know becomes this whole thing and so ernie gets this thing like oh kevin durant is going to be a free agent in two years you know what we're going to hold out we're going to hold out for that so ernie in a in a sense 
let the team's roster go to crap. Let let tons of good players go. That's why Trevor Ariza left and ended up in Houston. It's why Paul Pierce was only here for a year and then ended up in L.A. Because the team had the money. Bernie was like, you know what? We'll let our bench go. We'll let all of our good players go, except for, you know, our core guys. We'll let them go just so we can possibly get Kevin Durant to come here. Now, what's the problem with that? Kevin Durant, over that two-year span, flat out said, I'm not coming back to D.C. Yeah, I remember him specifically saying, I'm not interested in coming back to D.C. Because he's originally from the area. But then I also remember this really, really awkward game where it was Thunder versus Wizards in D.C. And, like, the fans were, like, cheering for him. And, like... Yep. It just it just shows that like how weird and desperate Wizards fans are and like it's this team is just a joke, dude. And it's like yeah, I I can't believe that like they literally said, hey, KD literally said, I am not interested in coming to this team, and like <laughs> Grunfeld's response was, you know, I'm gonna figure it out. Nah, it's cool. He'll come. Yeah. He'll come. It, it's cool. I got a plan. And it didn't yeah. work. And he had no contingency plan whatsoever because yep. Everybody knew it wasn't going to happen. Everybody knew, except for him. Yep. And then on top of that, the other the other thing you can look at, too, is he's also famous for trading away draft picks for players, tra- trading, away, trading away good draft picks for players who are not particularly worth what you gave up for him. Like giving up a first round pick for Markeith Morris. Morris is a nice player. He's he's been he's been good while he's been here. Yeah. But is he is he is he first round good? No. 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 No one would say that. And then on top of that, you know, you you see, excuse me, across the NBA, you know, teams uh, figuring out, you know, how to get with the times as far as, you know, what's working now. And Ernie is behind the ball because he, he drafts the same two type of players every year. He drafts a wing player, you know, Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre. Um, I can't forget the kid they drafted this year. Uh, all They all play the same position. And then a, 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 a European player who make who will eventually make his way over. So whether that's Jan Vesely uh, Tomas Sadaransky or the, the, who, whoever they drafted this year. It's always a European guy who apparently is really good in Europe but is not coming over to the U.S. for two to three years. And, like, how, that doesn't help your team if you draft someone who's not going to play for you for three years. Whatever happened to Jan Vesely anyways? I remember him getting drafted and hearing all these great things about him, and then he just... He was awful. Dis- was he really? He was awful. Like if you can imagine if you can imagine Jamarcus Russell as a basketball player, <laughs> it's like that. Like, like with the scissor he, with the scissor and everything. <laughs> okay, maybe a slight exaggeration, but okay. he, but he was terrible. Like he was your starting small forward, and you'd be lucky if he got you four points a game. You're kidding me. No, and 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 here's the thing: you if he's not a scorer, then you would be like, okay, well maybe he's good in some other area. No. Wasn't, he wasn't a great rebounder, wasn't a great defender, didn't block shots, didn't get steals. Like, he was just kind of there. It, it, it made you wonder, like, what, like why, why is he even still, still out there? Is he still out there because you took him with a first-round pick? He was number three overall, I believe. 
Is he even still in the league? Oh no no no. Mm -mm. He made like I think he made one stop after he got he let go and he he's been out of the league since then. He was the sixth overall. Sixth. There we yeah. go. I'm, I'm reading over it right now. It says Vesely is a two-time All Euro League first team selection, so he was. It, he, he must have been good. I'm reading right now. It says he was drafted in the first round by the Wizards with a six overall pick. After Flip Saunders was fired, Vesely saw more minutes on the court under new coach Randy Whitman, uh, who also said that he wanted him to shoot the ball a little bit more. He recorded his first double-double, finishing the game with 11 points and 11 rebounds and a win over the Bobcats. Um, and then literally that's it. There's That's his only highlight. He yeah. averaged, he averaged <laughs> 4.7 points and 4.4 rebounds we... in his first NBA season. Yeah. And then it says in his second season, in his second season, he added uh, 2.5 points and two rebounds per game. So, <laughs> like, what happened? So he just he just wasn't that good. Like he, I don't I, I don't know, I don't want to say it was the system, but it's yeah. like if you just watched him play, it really just it, it was almost like he didn't really know how to play basketball. Like, they would try to run plays through him, and it would result in a missed shot, or he wouldn't take a shot, and he would pass it to someone else. And it just it just was not it was not good. It just doesn't make any sense either. Like, uh, no. why would you waste that much? Uh, whatever, you know? Like, yeah. And, I mean, I guess you have to put it on the coaching staff, too. You have to put it on the training staff. Like, none of them seem to know how to make this guy any better because it even says here it says until the end of the season when he, he went to the Denver Nuggets um, he appeared in 21 games averaging 4.4 points a game and 3.7 rebounds and a career high 1.3 steal ooh he was stealing the ball once a game just like the guy was garbage it looks like yeah. and, and 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 think about it that's your first round that's your first round pick I mean in the NBA draft first round draft picks are not as you know as regarded as uh as they are in other sports yeah you know like unless you're getting someone with like the first let's say four to five players anyone you get after that you're you're essentially like okay they'll probably they'll be good eventually but they're probably not going to be an impact guy uh, uh right away but at the, i mean when you draft when you get someone that high at six like steph curry was uh, i believe drafted eighth overall in in the draft he was he was in so I mean, it shows that you can find impact players yeah. if you draft if you draft right. I'm reading this right now. It says, due to his speed and court movement, Vesely had been compared to European All Stars uh, Dirk Nowitzki and Andre Kirilenko. He also <laughs> he also considered himself to be the second coming of Blake Griffin. Oh wow! He he considered himself to be the second coming of Blake Griffin. <laughs> so he thinks really highly of, of himself. Like it, I mean, four point four. I mean, four point seven points a game. All right. Jesus. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, perhaps. Yeah. Like can't it, dunk like Blake though. So uh. it's ridiculous. <laughs> and now, Bruce Allen. I feel like of of the two, I, I can't really say too much about Bruce Allen. Because, I mean, the, the team is garbage. And, and ultimately, it's it's exactly the same thing that the Wizards are. Uh, the Washington football team is in the exact same spot as the Wizards, where occasionally they'll have a decent season, and they might be over 500. 
and they might make it to the playoffs, but they really don't make any noise. And I think that's the problem with this, is that this city has just been so desperate for a winner that mediocrity is just is celebrated because like yep. think, think of like think of like Kirk Cousins like everybody was enamored with him because he he threw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns but when was he really ever clutch I can think of a few instances where he really like came through uh the Packers game from a few years ago on Sunday night football when they just blew the doors off the Packers oh yeah um, yeah he was really clutch in that game but for the most part that dude did not show up when they needed him to and we, as fans of the Washington football team, just celebrated him and loved him and, 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 and just lavished praise upon this guy for, for being okay, for being yeah. a, a middle-of-the-road quarterback. So, like, yeah. you got your, like, your top 10 to 12 quarterbacks. He was, like, 12 to 18. So he's in yeah. the middle. Not the best, not the worst. Good enough to win you a couple games, maybe. But he was also going to lose you some games because he was going to make a stupid decision and he was going to throw a dumb interception or he was yep. going to fumble the ball in a crucial moment. Like, that's what he was going to do. Yep. And that was okay because everybody just were, were so desperate. We're so desperate for a winner. Yeah. It's and like I, it's it's like when, you, when all of your girlfriends are awful <laughs> and then you finally meet someone who just treats you with, like, the bare minimum decency. And you're like, wow. <laughs> wow, I'm gonna I'm thinking I'm gonna marry this one. <laughs> like that's that's basically what it that's basically what it is. You date gar garbage people and then you finally meet one that's yeah. like somewhat okay and you're just like, yeah, yeah you like, know what I'll all, marry her because I ain't yeah, getting any better your, than this. Right? Like all your previous dates took you on McDonald's dates and you meet someone who finally treats you the subway. Damn, she took me to Sizzler? Like, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, Let's go to Chili's and I was like, I'm gonna marry this girl. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife was just showing this. Uh, what what was the name of the uh, the site you were showing me? It's called Obvious Plants, right? And it's like what it is is they Obvious Plant, and what they do is, is they make like fake products and then they put them in stores, right, for people to find. And it's a it's like one of them was a kit and it said let's burn down a Chili's and it has like matches and like a little <laughs> picture of a Chili's and stuff like that. Like obviously no no person would actually sell this thing. But that's kind of what made the whole thing funny. Um, but, like, that that's the kind of thing that, that this kind of reminds me of. Is, like, you, you just, like, we're, we're, we've been so desperate because before, and, and let's, let's talk about this. I think that this is going to change now that we have a winner. Now that the Capitals have won a Stanley Cup. And in doing, the way, doing it the way that they did, exercising almost all of their playoff demons... And not yep. only that, now starting off the season a little bit slow, but in the last like ten games, dude, they have caught they've been, fire. They've been really good. They have caught fire, and they're reminding everybody of how good they are. Yep. And I think that that's uh, hopefully this this kind of like this kind of gets people like their, gets their minds out of this like crap mindset that we have here in DC that like this garbage is okay, you know, and like. I'm going to go off on a rant here for about Bruce Allen because I think he, I don't think that he's the problem. I think he is one of many problems with this team. Oh, absolutely. I agree 110%. Yeah. I think it starts at the top. I think Dan, Dan Snyder is the biggest problem, but he has brought in guys that are of the same mindset as him, you know? Yep. And he, he, he replaced Vinny Serrato with a guy exactly like Vinny, who's even more of an enabler and yes man. Yeah. And like it, it just it's it's so incredibly frustrating. And like 
the reason why I say he's the worst GM is because this this piece of shit managed to get up on the microphone in front of everybody after the Redskins were what what were they five and eleven, and he said, hey, "Yeah, I believe so." Hey, um, the on-field product was not that good this year, but you know what we are doing, and I'll play the sound bite for you right here. We're winning oh, off the field. That's right. Winning off the field. Yeah, they were winning off the field. So that so that was okay, right? Yeah. Like, how do you win off the field? How do you win off the field? Was it was it when they decided that they were going to give money to Native American tribes instead of actually changing the name? When Native American tribes had said that the name was racist and offensive? Is that when you were winning off the field? Or was it when you sued an 85-year-old woman who was fighting cancer because she couldn't pay for the uh, season tickets that her husband had before he passed away from cancer five years ago? Or bringing in a disgraced ex-president of Navajo Nation and, and, and using that as a PR stunt to be like, oh, hey, see... We're not, you know, they're native people who like us. We're good. Yeah. Despite the fact that he was he was being um, impeached by his own people for being awful. Exactly. Or maybe it was when you did a poll that said eighty-seven uh, percent of Native Amer of self-identifying Native Americans don't think the name is racist. Hey, you want to know where those self-identifying Native Americans were found? In the middle of Pennsylvania. Most of them are white people. So they basically went to them and said, hey, do you consider yourself a Native American? And they were like, yeah. Hey, do you think the name's racist? Nope. So like, you basically went out and you found people to give you yeah. the answers that you wanted. And this is winning yeah. off the field, right? Yeah, okay. And, so. and there was no no criteria, nothing to verify whether or not these people actually had Native blood in them. It's like, hey, are you sure? Yeah. Cool. That works. Yeah. No, it, it's just it's just an absolute disaster. It's an absolute joke. And I, I heard a story that was kind of interesting that, that kind of explains why um, Bruce Allen sticks around. So remember when the um, when Washington got hit with that cap penalty? Um, it was right after they had the uncapped year. Yeah. And the, the 2011 year. Yeah, yeah. And the NFL basically levied a fine against them and the Cowboys for circumventing the salary cap, even though there was no there was no salary cap, right? Because right. what they did was is they, they basically like front-loaded all their contracts. So they like took all those guys like Albert Hainsworth and stuff and gave him a massive amount of money that year because it was uncapped. So that next year he would have a lower cap hit. So basically, I mean, it was smart. It was smart books, right? But the NFL didn't like that because there was this wink-wink, nudge-nudge, handshake agreement that none of the teams were going to do that. So what they ended up doing was is the rest of the league got together and said, hey, we're going to find them, even though it was an uncapped year. So basically, they're saying there's no rules. Oh, but there is a rule. Wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Don't break this wink-wink, nudge-nudge rule. Yeah. And well, apparent, apparently, too, with that, yeah. uh, one, it was brought up by the, the Eagles president, Lori, Lowry, however, whatever his yeah, name Jeffrey is. Lurie, yeah, Jeffrey Lowry, yeah. That he was the one who actually brought up the fact, hey, they front-loaded all these contracts. And then I, I don't know how true this is, but there's, a, there's also a thing saying that apparently the league has sent out letters warning against doing that, yeah. where it wasn't – you know, they they didn't say outright that we'll penalize you for doing it, but more of like a "Hey, don't do this" kind of thing. Yeah, and like that was the thing though is is there, but you can't hold somebody to a rule that doesn't exist. Okay, it's like right. saying it's like having no speed limit signs on the highway and then pulling people over for speeding. It, it's you you can't really do that, but 
basically the reason why Bruce Allen stuck around was because in front of all of the executives and in front of all of the owners, Bruce Allen basically got up and ripped all of them a new asshole. And like Dan Snyder just loved it. And that's why he stuck around because Bruce Allen will be Dan Snyder's um, mouthpiece basically. Pretty much, yeah. And it was just like, he basically was just like, well, F you and F you and, and you, Mara, the guy who owns the Giants, F you too. And just like went off on this tirade. And Dan Snyder was just like chuckling to himself the entire time. Like, and that's why the league kind of holistically hates him and why they hate Washington too, like subsequently. So it's just like, there's that. There's the fact that like, even after, even after people have been like, your team name is racist, your stadium is garbage, your parking situation is crap, um, your closest metro stop is a mile away from the stadium. So you have to walk and- a mile, like a mile uphill too, like to get to the game, right? Yep. And then on and top it, of that. The experience at the game is awful too. Yeah. yeah. The food is expensive. It's not good. There's nothing unique about it. There's nothing DC about it. The, the stadium is just like, is dull and lifeless. Like there's nothing to do there other than go and watch the game. And for the most part, they kind of suck. Like the team isn't yeah. that good. And they continue to put this piss poor product out on the field and wonder why their, their um, attendance continues to slump year after year after year. And then on top of that, in the current climate that's going on in the NFL, where there is no really defined um, abuse guidelines, like it, basically any domestic violence whatsoever, there's really not a definitive. These are the penalties for it. Well, 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 there are, but no one adheres to it because it, with the exception of uh, Ray Rice, I believe, every other allegation like if you appeal it it gets reduced to whatever like it's supposed to be six games for your first offense a full year for your next one but every every uh every person who's gotten it and then appeal almost always had it reduced to something shorter yeah hello hey steve welcome to the you can hear you you guys can hear me okay yes we can hear you yeah sweet um, we're talking about um, which one of our GMs in D.C. is worse, uh, Ernie Grunfeld of the Wizards or Bruce Allen of uh, Washington football. So, <laughs> Boy, that's a tough call. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty bad. It really is. I mean, like, I know you guys aren't like – well, actually, I shouldn't say you guys. I know, Mike, you're not as big into the Wizards. But, MC, like, what, are you a basketball guy or – Yeah, I'm actually watching them lose right now. <laughs> Man, I just don't I, – you, you're stuck with Wall. I mean, <laughs> no, nobody's taking that contract. Like this, this is your future. This is your life. Yeah, and and before this year, I wouldn't have been upset at it because he was our best player and he was the reason that this team was having any kind of success. But uh, start to this season, not good. Yeah, not good. No, definitely not. Um, and 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 he's gonna get, I think, forty something million dollars next year. Yeah. And yeah. then what actually makes it worse is when I think is that Wall is what twenty nine I believe something like that. He's gonna when he hits thirty when he when he is thirty three years old he's going to make or no when he is thirty four years old his uh, cap hit is going to be forty seven point one million dollars. Jeez. At thirty four. It's that's just craziness. What, what, but then what, again, I mean, you think about like a baseball contract. Yeah. It's like oh no that's fine. <laughs> 
what's, what's frustrating to me about it though is i mean like the wizards the, the, again like that's the thing is like it's not even that they're bad because they're not good it's what it is is they're they're they don't matter yeah they're they're not this is not like the lakers where if they have a bad year everybody's just like oh man the lakers had a down year what's going on with the lakers no it's not like that nobody gives a damn about the wizards because they're unimportant they are inconsequential in the big picture of anything that is basketball and that's the worst part about it really when it comes you know to what they are what's that they're they're tease that's what that's all that's really what it is because yeah. you, you you see the talent that they do have on this team and you're like man why can't they get over the hump and then every year they'll they'll tease you they'll, every every year they'll tease you you know they'll uh, like i said two years ago they started out with I think one of the worst, uh, they had one of the worst starts in NBA history, and then won the, the like the second most games over like uh, a couple months span. I remember that, in NBA yeah. history. Yeah, like they they had a historic uh, like twenty seven zero run against Boston. That's right. Uh, or no, uh, uh, that year, like they they've had they've they've had like and like I mentioned earlier, they had, that year was the same year they blew out they you know they blew out the warriors that year, they blew out OKC that year, uh they blew out the Cavaliers that year. They blew out like many of the best teams, but then they lose to the teams that they have no business losing to because they're awful. Yeah. And 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 that's ultimately what it is. Like you, you see them and you're just like, "Man, why can't you guys do this every night?" Well, think about like the, you don't really have an answer. That's the same thing with the football team, though, man. Yeah. Like that game. Okay, that game against against Dallas on Thanksgiving. They they very easily could have won that game. In fact, they probably should have won that game. But granted, if should they have won the game? Yes. But it's it's honestly it's their own fault for for them losing, and you can't really fault the team because it's the ownership it's management that's causing these problems and like as somebody who's trying to be conscientious of of the image that i try to portray to my kid is like how can i support this team when one their name is racist and they refuse to acknowledge it two they have a running back who was suspended for an entire year for beating his child with a switch and not just a, like a like a like a twig no like a it was a thick stick that he beat his son with and then recently in an interview admitted that he still beats his kid with a belt and then on top of that they sign a guy who's been accused of what three different domestic violence uh, uh, accusations in the last, oh, wait, in the wait, last wait, wait. year no wait. So he's been he's been arrested three times. Jesus. Uh, one of one of them, I believe, was marijuana and gun possession. The other. Well, two, I mean, that's just that's just what you need to get into the NFL. I mean, that's just like that's their hazing ritual. You can't really count that against them. <laughs> and, the, and the other two, the the other two were d- domestic violence. Now, granted, the the first one, uh, the first one he got off for because the woman. Uh, did say that she, you know, she lied. She made it she, up, yeah. And she was just trying to, she was just trying to ruin his career. But then, I mean, and this, this, this just goes to show that this, guy, this guy doesn't have the best judgment. He stays with this woman, and it happens again. Jesus. And for me, like, regardless, regardless of of whether or not it's true or not this time, it's like, how do you, like, how do you put, how do you? How do you put your reputation on online for that? You know, like wait, wait, he, you mean wait, wait, you mean the team's reputation? No, Bruce Allen. Yeah, yeah, and, and Washington. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 
How do you, like, how do you, how do you, how do you, you know, with a straight face, tell people you care about, you know, you're, you care about winning and, and, and you care about all this, all this stuff. And then you go out and make this move a week after your quarterback goes down and, and you show that you're not about winning because you signed Mark Sanchez of all people. <laughs> when when and, Colin Kaepernick, well, well, Colin Kaepernick when, is still Ka- out there Kaepernick available. Is a, exactly. He's out. Exactly. And then, so you go out, you, you put a claim in for Ruben Foster without, without looking at the facts because you're not the one team that called uh, Tampa to find out, Hey, what actually happened? Oh my you God. not only do that, but then you decide to be a coward about the whole situation and you release a half-assed statement to the media and then you send Doug Williams out there. You, you send Doug Williams <laughs> out there. Let's trot Doug out there. Doug will cover for us. Exactly. You trot Doug out there because you're too much of a coward to to, to go out there and answer, answer questions because you're the one who made the decision to begin with. And then... Jay and Doug obviously weren't in on the decision because if you listen to them the first time they had to talk about it, neither one of them were like, neither one of them spoke as if like, yeah, we were unified on this. We, yeah, we. this is the guy. This is why we made the move. They were just like, well, you know, Bruce signed off on it and, you know, Dan was in on it. And, 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 I mean, yeah, that's just we're, just. we're just getting paid yeah, to do this job. We yeah, don't have just, any say yeah, in this. Just, we're just here. We're here for a paycheck. Pretty, pretty much. And it's like, it, and like, the best way you can look at you can look at how the situation was handled is look at how John Lynch handled the situation. Yeah. When they drafted Reuben Foster, John Lynch was at the press conference to answer questions. Yeah, he he gave a statement before and then took any and all media questions. When when Reuben was arrested earlier this year, he didn't have to, but John Lynch was at the press conference with Kyle Shanahan for that, and again. Gave a statement and took any and all questions from the media about uh, about Ruben and whatever his involvement was going to be going forward. Because they and, like, actually care about their job. Like that's right. the difference. They care about <laughs> right. well, additional, human they, they, they have too. to care about their job because they could potentially lose their job yeah. if this thing doesn't come out right. This isn't a situation with the Redskins like that. I mean, and quite frankly, you know, you, you, you mentioned their reputation. Their reputation is bad. And Bruce is a big reason why it's bad too. Yeah. Well, which is a shame because he was brought in for some, I don't want to really call it institutional. Um, uh, well, uh, all right. For one of a better term, um, it, this institutional connection to uh, the historic uh, lifeblood of the Redskins, because of right. course Bruce Allen's dad was uh, the old ball coach George Allen, uh, you know of uh, Rams and Redskins fame, and uh, this guy, for the most part, did it right. You know he was he was stand up, and you know apparently unlike his son, uh, sons actually. <laughs> I was going to say former Governor George <laughs> Allen. Honestly, I think that's why yeah. he was brought in. I thought Bruce was brought in because his brother has political connections in Virginia and Danny boy has wanted a new stadium since he got FedEx field and he bought the team. So like he was like, listen, Bruce, uh, I'm going to let you do your thing where you wear loafers with no socks and a suit, which who, who, I don't know what the heck that is, but you go, you talk to people in Virginia, you buy some drinks, you glad hand, you, you know, shake some hands, you know, kiss some babies and get me a new stadium. And I think honestly, he doesn't care what Bruce does other than that. And that's his only goal is to get that new but- stadium. 
Well, the but, one hold thing on, but wait, can... but wait. Mm-hmm. Bruce, Bruce is not even responsible for the new stadium anymore. They hired someone. Oh, that's right. I believe this year or earlier this year, who's now responsible for handling this this uh, this new stadium Jeez. wherever it's supposed wherever it's supposed to be. Hey, Steve, I know you were trying to say something before, man. What were you trying to say? I don't remember. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say when we, were, when we were talking about like how the 49ers handled the you know, uh, drafting and eventual exit. It's also extremely atypical for an NFL team to cut a guy on Sunday, which they did. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where they were like, basically they clearly had this guy on some kind of three strike policy and he'd already whiffed twice. And so as soon as they got wind of this third thing, because I guess it was like the lady was in the hotel room with him, like the team hotel. And as soon as they found out about any, even like just an allegation, He's like, okay, and you're gone, and they just cut him like instantly. So yep. I mean, I think that's that's an, a, a version of, of um, oh, what you want to call it, like institutional, you know, ethics and quality, yeah. Yeah. where not every team exhibits that. Well, yeah, yeah. and I one mean, and one of the, the team has no ethics yeah. and they have no quality either, <laughs> unless you're yeah. talking about bad quality. Yeah, yeah. and one of the one of the stipulations they made actually after that first allegation came out was, I mean, this wasn't widely publicized, but one of the things that they told him was, you know, if you want to be part of this team, stay away from her. Like, don't, don't keep, don't stay involved with this woman after this incident has happened. Like, we want you to get your stuff together. We, you know, if you're going to be part, like you cannot violate these guidelines we're going to set for you. And so him going back. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So, so I well, want to ask then, with this conversation, have you guys heard the news that broke today about Creep Hunt? Yeah, yeah I just watched. I just finished watching the video before Marcus and I started talking about this. Man, like that oh, was. What's this? I, I haven't heard about. Hey, did this. you remember the remember what Ray Rice did to his wife? Oh yeah. It was like Same that, thing. only not in an elevator. And a nineteen-year-old girl that yeah. he's. Oh, uh, she's nineteen. Oh. Nineteen. Yeah. So allegedly, again, we have to say allegedly for all of this stuff. But allegedly, that at 3 a.m. in this hotel in Cleveland, uh, back in February, him and his little entourage there, um, they were having a good time. And this girl was there, and he was saying, like, you need to sleep with my boy here. And she was like, uh, no. And then it got you know, escalated and violent from there out into the hallway when she was trying to leave the, the room. And he just, like, raged out and started, like, his guys were trying to hold him back. He throws one of his dudes into her. And she hits her head off a wall, and while she's down, he comes over and kicks her. Um, another person's like filming, and he like runs over and grabs their phone. Um, he has been put. He's been. Um, oh, this is wait. This is Foster. No, this is. This, no, 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 this, this is the this running behind uh, for the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay. So like they they had him leave practice, and they're probably going to put him on that commissioner's exempt list that Adrian Peterson was on during his his incident. That he ended wow. up staying on basically all year, but I mean, like Mike said, this is Ray Rice 2.0 because not only is yeah. the actual incident pretty aggressive, yeah. but it sounds like it's the same kind of thing where this happened back in February and well, the NFL well, knew about it and they didn't the do Chiefs anything. He's been playing it. all no. year. It, look, look, the, it, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs also knew about it too. So they they were made aware of the video today, but they knew they they've known about the incident since February too. This is just it's disgusting. Yeah, well, and, let's not yeah. pretend that any of this goes on without the NFL's knowledge and right. basically I, I, I'm going to say consent, if not express consent, yeah. because 
When you're aware and you look the other way, that's the same thing as giving your seal of approval to exactly. it. And with yeah. with Ray Rice, and you know, just to, I guess I'm not done with the Redskins, but with Ray Rice, <laughs> it, had it not been for the fact that that video became public, he'd probably still be with uh, the Ravens today. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I'll go you a, a step further. Um, well, and I guess his, his career is now behind him, you know, due to age. But yeah. uh, Michael Vick had Michael Vick raped and beaten a woman instead of dogfighting, nothing would have happened to him with Atlanta. He'd still be running. Well, like I said, you know, he probably aged out at this point. But yeah. it was the whole idea, you know, the well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have, Yeah, he probably wouldn't have fighting. missed those couple years. Yeah, yeah exactly. In exactly. his prime, yeah. To, yeah. Because who in the hell values a woman? You know, that's, oh, well, you know, women get raped and beaten all the time, especially in a, dealing with NFL players. Uh, so yep. there, there's disgusting. a culture. Now, now yeah, it is. But, but part of it is the culture of the NFL because a lot of these guys have this CTE thing. Uh, they have uh, aggression issues. I mean, because what in the hell? Let me tell you something. I would – I wouldn't raise a well. I I might raise a well. Actually, I wouldn't. Uh, that's a damn lie. I wouldn't raise a hand to a woman, let alone throw my boy into her, kick her while she's down. This kind of thing. That's crazy. Who yeah. in the hell? You know. But but when you are playing a sport where violence and and regardless of any rules to protect certain players, this whole, oh, defenseless player, all this kind of thing. The NFL is about glorified violence. And the, the, the more violent, the rougher, the more vicious it is, the more we love it, yeah. you know, yep. because it's a spectacle. Yeah. So now, uh, doubling back, though, to the Redskins in terms of that, uh, you know, you have to look at what this team is and what they've done, you know, now for, and it starts at the top as with all, all organizations. So Dan Snyder, uh, Hey, he, the one thing you can say about him is that he is a fan and he grew up loving this team, but, uh, it was interesting. There was a, a piece in the Washington post that I read today about his apparent disconnect between the values of the fans of the franchise and his own values. I mean, bear in mind, this is a guy who had uh, 100-year-old trees cut down in front of his property to improve the view. Hang on of, a second. Let's, let's cover that for just a quick second here because how that worked was that was on uh, National Park land. And when he called the National Park to say, I want these co trees cut down so I can see the Potomac River from my house, the park ranger told him where he could stick his plea. Um, and Dan Snyder continued to call and go up the chain until he got that guy's boss, got that guy fired, and then the trees got cut down. So let's just make sure that that's clear, that it wasn't just like, I'm going to cut these 100-year-old trees down. No, he cut them down on land that he didn't own that was government property because he continued to bark up the chain until he got what he wanted. So Well, exactly. I mean, you know, but the whole and, – and not as if any of that information is superfluous. Yeah. But for me, it's like, oh, wait, you want to cut down these 100-year-old trees to improve your view of the river? I mean, yeah. that's, that's bad enough. I mean, the guy sued – uh, an elderly grandmother, yeah. uh, you know, who had uh, oh, bought who hasn't season ticket plans, <laughs> you know, because you know, she was trying to opt out of the ticket plan. I mean, this guy, you know, he's he's a snake. Hey, let's face it. I mean, he's he's yeah. a snake. And 
the things that have gone on with this team, and because he treats it like a fantasy football franchise, I hate to say it because, like I said, I'm a fan, and I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but by all accounts, Jerry Jones is a the most congenial Southern gentleman, treats his employees well, knows your name, inquires after your family. This little frickin' Napoleon, Snyder, he treats people mean. He looks for opportunities to you know, make you look bad and make you look stupid and call you out. And it's just absolutely shameful. And uh, you know, just on top of everything, I mean, because the, the way that they ought to handle this business with the name, and of course it is a horrible, hateful, racist nickname. I mean, let's say it, but hey, and I'm a fan, you know, I mean, let's let's acknowledge, you know, what's going on here. I mean, I had the same kind of issue back with this euphemism uh, that they were employing during the uh, W. Bush administration about enhanced interrogation techniques. Now, forget, if you're, if you're torturing somebody, say, tell me you're torturing somebody. As right. an American <laughs> citizen, tell me that we need to torture people and maybe I'll support you. But don't use this fancy little euphemism, oh, enhanced interrogation techniques, because that's just freaking ridiculous. And same kind of thing with the Redskins. Hey, you want to call them the Redskins? Fine. But you admit that it's a horrible, hateful, racist nickname with a terrible history. You know, don't try and pretend that, oh, we're honoring the best values of Native Americans and all this kind of thing. Yeah. I'll tell you the way you handle that. You call a press conference and you say, we can no longer associate ourselves with the horrible history of you know, the, 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 the term and what it means. And so we're going to change the name and we're going to have a contest. We're going to get the fans to vote on what name they want, uh, you know, because we can no longer associate ourselves with this. Yeah, maybe they'll be and called the Sea Dogs like when they did the name contest for the <laughs> Wizards back in the day. I know. That was crazy. I was just about to, I was just about to say that. You know, actually, I would go with the Washington Marauders. And you have like a skull and crossbones. You go with the new colors. Because let's face it, the colors are horrible. Uh, you know, nobody, the, 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 the only time they sold merchandise was when Robert Griffin III came to town and everybody wanted to buy that stuff. They have historically been in the bottom of the league in terms of merchandise sales. You conduct focus groups. You see what logo is going to sell. You see what colors are going to sell. And then you change the name. And you Shoot. maybe they make you time man of the year, you know, for your you know public spiritedness and all that. But you know to doggedly hold on to this name, you know, because and it's because he grew up loving the Redskins. He wanted to own the Washington Redskins, and now he has, and he's running them into the ground. All you got to do is look at the stadium on Sunday. They don't even want to show the seats anymore because there's so many empty seats. The the stadium they want they don't admit they don't tell you how many people the stadium seats anymore they took they took seats out but it's still got a seat at least 80,000 and a good 30,000 of those seats are empty you know i mean you got people giving up their 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 uh their, what do you call it the um uh when you buy them for the whole season tickets people giving those things up in droves and the the in another 10 years they are likely to be the least popular franchise of all the professional sports franchises, including DC United. If this trend yeah. continues, it's, he's running them into the ground. It's it's they're done. And like I had, I had boycotted the NFL almost all of last year. And this year 
I, don't ask me why. I don't know. I got into it. I started watching it again. Well, they and, were six and three. Well, that's yeah, part they, of it, yeah. They were, they were, they were good for a while. <laughs> yeah. But, like, what, what turned me off was all of the stuff that we're seeing now. And it was just I, – I had – I've had enough. I was reminded of why I stopped watching in the first place. And then with this Kareem Hunt thing, it's the exact same thing that happened with Ray Rice, and they learned no lesson whatsoever. Yep. Like, well, the, the NFL didn't learn a lesson. The Chiefs didn't learn a lesson from what the Ravens did. Kareem Hunt didn't learn a lesson from what Ray Rice did. Like, nobody learned anything. And we're just, just right back to square one. Let, let me just And I just got an update. He did officially just get put on the commissioner's exempt list. Uh, okay, awesome. Like that's, Thanks, that's a done deal. So, I mean, he's he's done. And this is – here's step one of NFL. Cover your ass. Yep. See well, and although it begs the question, why do they even bother? Because you, you may remember um, – and I thought this was hilarious, but it was after um, the Ray Rice uh, incident, well, let's call it. And uh, CoverGirl had – they were doing some sort of um, promotion in connection with the NFL. And it was, uh, you know, a neat little logo, a slogan, slogans, put your game face on, you know. And there was one uh, – it was, you know, women wearing makeup uh, that uh, corresponded to these team colors. And the one that they did for the Ravens, uh, somebody photoshopped it, and they gave this woman a black eye. Oh, <laughs> it was oh, just hilarious. Oh, I Put your that. game face on. Was, I remember but, that. Uh, yeah, and and it, like I, I can't remember. I think I was trying to get this in before. I don't think I actually got it out. But had the the video from inside the elevator cab not been made public? Oh yeah, I think I did. Yeah, he he never would have been out of the NFL. And um, it begs the question, how did that happen? Because if I'd have been the guy who worked over at the, um, the uh, casino, the first person I would have called would have been Ray Rice's agent. I would have been like, hey, I would have shook him down. There's no question. Hey, dude, I got this footage. And if you pay me a million dollars, I won't release it. Otherwise, this is going to TMZ tonight. You know, if you want to save his career, hey, I'm going to get paid. You know, but the other thing I was going to and this is kind of the biggest thing for me, even when I have been uh, and it's not boycotting the NFL because I, I didn't really boycott the NFL so much as I didn't watch the Redskins. Yeah. But uh, when playoff time came around, oh, I was looking, <laughs> I was watching. Yeah. And so even even if I were to because uh, frankly, I think they're getting ready. I mean, they've lost a couple in a row. I think they're getting ready to go into free fall. So it won't be that tough. Yeah. Not to watch, but when playoff time comes around, well, I'm definitely going to be watching. You know, I just, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm back out completely. Um, I it is, but I'm, and it sucks because I hate I love football and and I'm I'm out. I, I it's just another the NFL knew they didn't care because the Kansas City Chiefs were this great story for them. They were blowing up records with 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 touchdowns and, and their offense was incredible and it was great and one of the best football games that's happened in the last 20 years happened on Monday night when it was the Rams versus the Chiefs oh and by the way we knew about this guy beating the crap out of a girl in a hotel room back in February no not again I'm not I'm that's it I'm, I'm done I'm done I can't I, I can't align myself with an organization that allows this sort of thing to happen continually and does nothing to stop it and honestly if they knew about this in February why didn't they do something why was Kareem Hunt not immediately suspended they they just ignored it and we have to have TMZ 
TMZ has to be our news outlet for this sort of thing. Yep. Do, you, do you have how, any idea how ridiculous that is to say that, uh, those words out loud? TMZ. The one, like, they are, like, normally it's like, hey, take a look. Here's Kim Kardashian walking down the street wearing tight pants. <coughs> TMZ has to be the one that's giving us the real news of what's actually happening. That, that's disgusting because the NFL is more concerned with profitability and more concerned with making, keeping their narratives that they have set in place. And none of it mattered at all that this woman got beaten you know, got her head smashed against a wall. Who cares about? It? Then he kicked her, like just. God damn, dude. Like, uh, uh I think I think we might. I, I'm gonna make the decision right now, a, a GGR decision right now. Um, both Bruce Allen and Ernie Grunfeld are garbage, but the NFL is garbage as well. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm putting the, the gavel down on it right now. I'll tell you what's unfortunate is Steve Monick is here listening to us talk about this, and he's like, man, I got this organization that does the right thing and run it's run well and they treat their players respectfully it's progressive and you poor guys down there in dc just got these garbage teams and like it's it stinks like steve you you just must be shaking your head as a pittsburgh fan like as you see all of these other teams implode like what was the biggest controversy that the steelers have had when when ben roethlisberger was grabbing waitresses butts well, didn't Ben Roethlisberger try to rape a girl in the bathroom of a That's, bar? Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, all right, yeah. Okay, so they're no better. Sorry, never mind. The Steelers are just as bad. Poor Ben. Can't keep his hands to himself. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is it's like, hey, you know, McDonald's, you have a bunch of franchises out there. And some people, you know, they take pride in it and they do everything they can and they work hard to take care of the customer. And some people just, you know, let the people smoke while they're cooking burgers and don't clean up the garbage on the floor. You know what I mean? So the NFL could do a better job saying these are the guidelines for every franchise and they are they must be abided by. And we're not going to permit any sort of behavior or anything like that and they're just so lax about it but yeah i mean individually team by team franchise by franchise i mean there's a huge organization of people that are working hard doing the right thing and they get a black mark because one idiot does something like this like i'm sure there's thousands of people that the chiefs employ that are awesome doing the right thing helping people raising money for charity all kinds of great stuff that they're using this platform for yeah. and this one idiot does this one thing and he mars the whole thing steve I, I don't know that you can say that though i mean i think there are a lot of people up in the uh, league offices who are very interested in keeping things clean all right but i think part of what we're looking at and that's why i mentioned the whole cte thing is the culture of playing football i don't know what the the majority of these guys aren't like this and it's just that we hear about some of this. I mean, God only knows. So this has got to be the tip of the iceberg. God only knows about the stuff we're not hearing about. You probably got women who are being paid off and, you know, it's stuff that's being suppressed in terms of the information. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly agree that that is a possibility, but also it's a very nihilistic look at like humanity. I mean, if you're saying that this is a cross section of people you know, from top to bottom, I don't think that, you know, if this is a microcosm, like any businesses of a group of people in the world, then 
you wouldn't say, oh, one group of business is full of these monsters or whatever. Like there's always going to be a few bad actors that do things that aren't right. And this is just a much more public forum to see what this business's bad actors are doing. And yeah, there's probably people hiding it because there's a tremendous amount of money involved. And whenever you have a tremendous amount of money involved, people get very stupid (laughs) and do things they should not do. But I think it's just, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily right to paint the entire thing in a negative light because of this incident and a handful of incidents that we've seen. And I think it's absolutely right to say, this is a cause for action, but I don't know if the entire action is like, ah, just cancel the whole thing. It's not doing any good for anyone. Cause I'm not sure that's necessarily true. Well, no. I, I, I agree with your rationale, but consider this, all right? We're not talking about an ordinary business. This isn't a law firm or somebody's medical practice or even the assembly line at Gem- General Motors. This is a, a sport where you've got, I mean, and, and not that there are certain cultures that don't exist with all of those things and other businesses, but I think there may be something medical, something psychological that's going on in the NFL. Uh, in order, because first thing, you got these guys who are basically freaks of nature to be able to do this. I mean, even the linemen are able to run like a 40 yard dash in like six Four seconds, seconds or something. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, you know, I mean, a 300 pound guy whose nickname is Twinkle Toes, you know, and uh, <laughs> which is why they, they say, oh, I got the skills to make mills. If you have certain physical abilities. And on top of that, you have been playing this game for the most part. I mean, every now and again, you get some guy who, oh, he just starts in high school or something. But for the most part, these guys have been playing this game since they were like six years old. And if you're good, and we've all seen it, if you're good, you've been pushed to the front uh, your whole life. In fact, they're They are making excuses for you. They are making stuff up for you. Dexter Manley, uh, you know, former defensive end, all pro defensive end for the Redskins. A guy, he's got a college degree, went to uh, University of Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, which I forget. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Couldn't couldn't read, okay? Could not read. And, you know, how do you get a college degree and you can't read? Well, you're good at football. (laughs) This is what happened. And so, but beyond that, um, I've got to believe based on what I have seen that because aggression is absolutely a part of this game. And even by the time you get to the high school level, you've had a certain number of concussions. There is potential brain damage. There are potential issues in terms of the way these guys express themselves and are able to interact with other people. Now, uh, on the one side, there aren't that many of them. I mean, what I think the roster is 53, and so you're talking about 53 times 30. You know, is and you know, may, may, plus maybe a couple of hundred other guys behind some practice squads and all that. But th- these are some, for the most part, some severely damaged human beings, and that damage manifests itself in terms of their behavior which is not normal in terms of the way that they interact with people, both for the way that that has been cultivated as they have grown and developed and moved from one level to the next, and based on whatever their physical condition is. 
you know? So, um, you know, I, I would just ask you to consider some of those factors uh, in terms of what I said about the whole barrel of apples being rotten and maybe there are just a couple of good apples in the barrel. And I, I, I think that that's fair, too, is with all of that, is just to kind of take all of this into consideration. And what I want to do, guys, is I, th- this topic is it's an intense topic because it's something that so many of us love. We love yep. sports. We love football. But at the same time, too, there are things that are coming out that, that we've never known before about the CTE, about the domestic violence. And I want to shelve this because I think that this could be a whole topic for a whole nother episode. All right, guys, so that was a special episode of Mike on the Mic with guests MC Brooks, Steve Monick, and Ulysses E. Campbell of uh, Fantastic Forum. Um, we got in some great topics there. We talked about Ernie Grunfeld. We talked about Bruce Allen, which uh, the consensus was they both suck. Uh, <laughs> and then we also talked about the current domestic violence issues that the NFL is dealing with. So I wanted to thank MC. I wanted to thank Steve. I wanted to thank Yuli for coming on the show, uh, but also too for all of the people uh, that are helping us out at GGR and at Rock Deep Rogue Radio, because this uh, podcast is going to be simulcast on both GGR, uh, the Great Geek Refuge, and on rockdeeprogradio.com. Uh, so thanks to everybody involved for that. But my name is Mike Lunsford, and thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!